The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We'll continue to bring you updates on the incident in Toronto as they're made available to us. We did uh, mention earlier that we had not confirmed yet if that uh, Toronto Maple Leafs game would take place tonight. It will. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs issuing a statement saying that in addition to the safety measures already in place, Toronto Police Service will be implementing a number of additional measures, including road closures surrounding Air Canada Centre tonight uh, in hopes of creating the safest mm-hmm. environment for the fans watching the game. Uh, and uh, as I say, we'll continue to uh, keep you updated as we know more. And important to note that the suspect in this case has been taken into police custody, was taken into police custody a very short time after it happened. Right now, though, it is Monday and it is 3.30. It's time for another edition of The Hoot with Rob Roach, the Director of Insight, uh, Economics and Research at ATB Financial. Hey, Rob. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Jalen. Uh, good to have you on the show. A bit of a departure from the rest of the show, but as I mentioned a moment ago, if something happens, we'll have to say goodbye to you, Rob, and uh, go directly to Toronto. Your topic today, though, quite timely in general terms. You want to talk about uh, trade, trade, but not uh, international trade, specifically provincial trade. Yeah, well, international trade, which of course is tremendously important to Alberta and, and Canada. I mean, our standard of living would would plummet if we didn't trade with uh, people uh, around the world. But it sometimes overshadows the trade that we do within the country with other, the other provinces and territories. So our international trade um, latest numbers are for 2016. It was about $181 billion back and forth. But nothing to snuff at our internal trade within Canada, that what uh, Alberta exports and imports, $129 billion worth of goods and services went back and forth. So internal trade, really, really important. Who's our best, uh, I guess, trading partner? Well, our biggest customer is Ontario. They're the biggest economy in the country, uh, largest population. So we sell them, um, I think the back and forth trade is about $61 billion. Mm. And we sell them about $34 billion worth of goods and services. And uh, they sell us, uh, in return, about $27 billion. About a quarter of everything Ontario exports within Canada does end up in Alberta. So we're a pretty good customer for, for Ontario. Sounds like. Uh, British Columbia would be the one most people want to know about. What's the comparison of goods yeah, well, out our, to goods in? Despite some of the uh, issues we're having with our friends to the west over the pipeline, um, a lot of really tight economic connections between the two provinces. Um, in BC's case, we're their biggest customer. So we buy 44%, almost half of what British Columbia exporters are uh, sending to other parts of the country ends up in Alberta. Um, in reverse, they're about a quarter of our exports, so still a very important customer to us. And back and forth, that's about $34 billion every year of trade. So BC is incredibly important uh, to us as a, as a customer, but we're actually a little bit more important to them in terms of the, the goods and services we buy. So I'd have to ask, uh, without breaking it down industry by industry, I would assume most of what we're exporting as a province um, is from the oil industry, mm-hmm. or at least composes a great deal of the money, the monetary value of exports. Yeah, it's the biggest chunk. It's about a third. So our biggest export is uh, oil and gas, both raw um, bitumen, and, and but also refined products like gasoline and jet fuel and asphalt. Um, it is our biggest export. We export a lot to Ontario, but also about, um, if you include services that we provide to uh, oil and gas 
ex- exploration, about $6.5 billion um, we export into BC is oil and gas. So that's our number one export. We do a lot of other um, types of things, a lot of agriculture, of course, a lot of services, but oil and gas is number one. What about food? What about food and alcohol? Well, you know, I don't have the numbers specifically for alcohol, though it is a fair bit, of course, with the recent case, mm-hmm. in court case, we know that it is tricky um, to actually sell beer and, and, and wine and spirits within the country from province to province. Not impossible, but, you know, there's lots of barriers and lots of taxes and, and shenanigans that go on. <laughs> but in total, um, it's about $5 billion worth of agricultural goods we ship to the other parts of the country, and we buy about $5 billion back. So that's a lot of food. You know, and it makes sense. We buy uh, products that we don't grow or make here, and we sell the same uh, to folks in Ontario or BC or wherever. So a lot of food goes back and forth. You know, uh, the reason I ask about the monetary value and the fact that a third of our exports out of Alberta are from the oil and gas industry is that if you put aside the the monetary value and you look at the number of industries that might be affected by a trade war between provinces, is it fair to say that there's more, there's a, a, a larger number of different types of industries in British Columbia that rely on customers in Alberta than there is in Alberta relying on customers in British Columbia? I think that is, that is fair to say, Andrew. There would be a slightly larger, yeah, more diverse range, especially on the services side, um, coming from BC into Alberta. With that said, even though oil and gas is is dominant in terms of what we export, we also export a lot of uh, wholesale services and financial services and transportation. So it would a trade war if it did broaden beyond energy, um, probably would because BC it would hurt BC more and simply because they're we're a more important customer to them than uh, we are than they are to us. Well, and I suppose the other consideration, if you're British Columbia, would be the the availability of a customer for your products. Uh, I would imagine the 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 bad news in Alberta, relying on a single industry to be a third of your exports, is that you're relying on a single industry to be a third of your exports. The good news is, I suppose. Um, that it's, it would be easier to find a new customer for a third of that, a third of your resources. Well, you know, this is why we, do, we um, you know, we, we'll, we'll do what we need to do to get the pipeline built. That sort of is, a, is a, it, well, not sort of, it is a priority. But these trade, you know, a trade war in general is not, <laughs> not good. It's going to hurt everybody. Um, one thing that would happen, even, you know, we do sell a lot of gasoline, a lot of um, oil and natural gas. It is hard to move that sort of quickly because you have contracts, you have customers, you have people expecting it, you have a, a physical system, often including pipelines, that moves this stuff. And so, you know, if you just need, need to switch it overnight, it's actually quite difficult. So BC consumers would really hurt if the gasoline and other uh, products coming from Alberta didn't get there, but it would hurt us too. And that's why, you know, it is a last resort. I think that's how it's being pitched. So I guess the only question left to be asked then <laughs> is why should we give a hoot? Well, I think the big reason is, you know, we tend to think of trade in terms of international trade. That seems to be the exciting, you know, trade with China and trade with the world and, and NAFTA and all that stuff. But we trade a lot internally, and we don't maybe pay as much attention to the, the barriers and the, the beer case. It's not just beer that has trouble moving within the country. So maybe just to think about internal trade as, as well as external trade. Um, that's why we should give a hoot. Sounds good, Rob. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for taking the time to do it again this week. Is it you next week or uh, Todd Hirsch? should be Todd Hirsch back in the saddle next week. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Jalen. Thanks, Andrew.
to 3.48 on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. It's a Monday edition of the show. Uh, back to work. A lot of people, you know, around here enjoying the beautiful weather. And it looks beautiful beautiful for the next, uh, well, right through the weekend. And a lot of folks in Toronto doing the same thing today at lunchtime when they were out and about when this attack happened. Um, starting at... Um, one point on Young Street and traveling quite the distance before this van mowing down numerous people, killing nine, injuring 16 others before he took off and police were able to arrest him just a short time later. Yeah, of course, uh, first responders, police and others uh, dealing with the uh, incident at hand. The investigation, of course, already started. Uh, a large portion of Young Street uh, taped off as uh, police interview witnesses. The custody or the suspect in custody, uh, I'm sure he's being interviewed right now as well, and uh, his identity will be revealed to us in uh, in a timely fashion. His motive. Uh, we won't know for a little while, but again, when we have that information, we'll bring it to you. And as uh, other press conferences, uh, media availabilities are uh, made available, we'll bring those to you as well. Yeah, we did uh, hear already from Acting Police uh, Chief Peter Ewan. He was the one that confirmed the nine dead, 16 injured. Just a short time ago, there had been ranges in mm-hmm. uh, speculation on how many had died, but he was the one that confirmed that it was nine dead and 16 injured. And then we heard uh, as well from Dr. Dan Cass from Sunnybrook Hospital, where 10 of the injured were taken, five remain in critical condition there. Three are in serious condition. Lots of questions being asked. There are people wanting to know a lot of the details, but as he said, I am not the one treating them, Mm -hmm. so I can't answer those questions for you. We heard uh, the Public Safety Minister, Ralph Goodale, saying at this time, it is too early to call it a terror attack. And uh, the national, the terrorism threat level uh, will not be raised at this point. Now, Toronto Mayor John Tory also speaking to the media today and uh, urging for unity and for calm. This is a time when this community should come together. These are not the kinds of things that we expect to happen in this city. We hope they don't happen anywhere uh, in the world, but we especially uh, don't expect them to happen in Toronto. But uh, things are as they are, and beyond uh, supporting our first responders as they continue to do their work, you'll hear more about the uh, task that lies in front of them investigating this terrible tragedy. Uh, I hope that we will, as a city, remind ourselves of the fact that we are admired around the world for being inclusive and for for being accepting and understanding and considerate. Uh, and that we are uh, united in standing in uh, solidarity, especially with those who have uh, fallen uh, victim to this uh, terrible uh, tragedy today. Toronto Mayor John Tory speaking to the media this afternoon. You have to keep in mind, or we should keep in mind, I should say, that those individuals who handle these sort of crisis, the police, the EMT, the doctors, the hospitals, the media. Uh, the concern is always, of course, immediately for the victims, for uh, those injured, to make sure that they're uh, given the best, uh, uh, in the case of uh, injured, best possible care and immediate care, and that, that is their priority. It's also a priority, of course, to investigate it as a crime and to determine what its motives are and to get that right before uh, it gets broadcast. And, and there's always a bigger picture to these things that 
I know if you stop and think about it, they go, yeah, okay, I guess that's right. You have a number of victims that have to be identified. You have families that have to be notified. Um, and they want to know in a timely fashion um, an accurate and truthful assessment of what's going on. So it's just reckless. I, I understand what Tori is saying. It's just we all have opinions. And typically during the course of any afternoon news, that's what we are, Jay, uh, opinions. But on a day like today, uh, we become the news we deal program. deal facts. Right. So we deal within facts. We take our cue from what officials are telling us in Toronto, and uh, we bring that information to you as soon as possible and as accurately as possible. Um, so Toronto Police, again, we were talking earlier about how um, Andrew was up in, uh, in Nipawin mm-hmm. uh, on, on, on the weekend um, performing for some of the paramedics and right across Saskatchewan, a number of volunteer yeah. firefighters and talking about the post-traumatic stress and uh, making sure that the proper resources are put in place. Well, Mike McCormick of the Toronto Police Association already saying today that they're bringing in counsellors for the officers. Nobody's seen anything like this. Uh, I've been in policing for over 30 years. We've never seen this. And, I, and again, unfortunately, this is the new world order and uh, we were, we're very concerned about it. Yeah, and he said, um, they went on to say, you know, with multiple witnesses, lots of people with cell phone cameras, again, it's going to be a lengthy, lengthy investigation. You know, it's, and I get where you're coming from, listeners. I get where you're coming from. A lot of texts continuing on throughout this afternoon. How can government not call this a terrorist attack? Why do you not call it a terrorist attack? Um, What has to happen to define something as a terrorist attack? Uh, The basic answer to that is it has to be a terrorist attack. And this may very well be. And and if that's determined, then that's what we'll call it. Um, but it isn't a number of victims or it isn't a method. It's a facts, the facts. And I, I, I almost hesitate to, parallel, to draw this parallel. Um, but if you look at loss of life and say that, well, listen, when a vehicle is used and a certain number of people are killed, by definition, that makes it a terrorist attack. And you're not um, being forthright by not calling it that well that would make humble a terrorist attack then that that was a vehicle used and it ended in, and it resulted in the death of individuals it, it, this but it, it wasn't deliberate exactly <laughs> um, and this one by all accounts by all witnesses was deliberate right but you can't just jump to that conclusion well maybe we'll get there I know for for a lot of folks though they're saying you know if it uh, walks like a duck and mm-hmm. talks like a duck then it probably is a duck but again that's yeah. um standing around the water cooler that that yeah I sure I understand the you know where your mind goes and what and and listen just to be clear on this and maybe I'm not saying it the right way we're not sitting here denying that that's what it is we're not trying to get you to think a different way and say, oh, oh it, you know, it's not that. We're not, we're saying we need to know. We need to know. And they'll find out, right? Um, the same as, you know, the, the pro- I, 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 like I say, I get where listeners are coming. I totally get where you're coming from. Because in Edmonton, when this happened, and there was a flag found uh-huh. in the vehicle, and, and you go, okay, well, wait a second. Uh, the guy was from here, and he had this flag, and he, he intentionally, flag. Right, yeah. intentionally attacked a police officer. How do you not call it uh, a terrorist attack? So I get where uh, people are coming from. But, you know, in terms of, of passing the story on to you, 
Um, the second somebody in Toronto refers to it as that, that's what we'll refer to it as as well. We, or when police confirm that when, that's what or it is. When, police when, we hear that's motive, motive. when we hear yeah. motive, right? Yeah. So uh, again, just watching this video of the police officer taking down the suspect in this case, it is actually quite remarkable. He there looks like he's there by himself. Um, the suspect pulls something out and had, had said that he had a, a gun in his pocket, pulled something else out. Hard to tell if it is, in fact, uh, a gun, but, I mean, you know, mm -hmm. from the grainy footage, it very well could be a gun. And he starts moving towards the police officer, and the police officer takes a couple of steps back, but then just starts moving back towards him and telling yep. him to drop whatever it is that he has in his hands. And finally, finally, within seconds, he does and has him on the ground yep. cuffed. And again, you know, having just said we can't speculate at all, it's unprofessional to speculate. Uh, Looking at the video, watching the video, it does appear to be an attempt at uh, suicide by cop is what it looks like to me. He is threatening. He, he, he pulls it from behind yeah, twice. Yeah, he, he, he is proceeding in a really threatening manner, as Jay yeah. just said, and, and moving towards the police officer. And uh, the police officer is just, just not... So calm. Yep, very calm, not buying it, um, arguing it's, to a certain extent, nope, drop it, nope, get down. Uh, so right now we're watching it here. Oh, yeah, eight seconds. There's the, the, the fellow who's videotaping it in the car ducks down because the mm -hmm. guy starts walking towards him. That's right. And then it comes back up and it's, yeah. And, and you know, uh, maybe I shouldn't. I watched that video and, and as you say, the guy videotaping ducks down to, for safety and then continues to videotape. And as I watched that, I thought, oh, no. The conspiracy theorists will be out <laughs> in a week to say why... They dropped the camera for a moment. Yeah, right? no, but here's there's there's more video taken from an apartment exactly. up above that shows it completely unfolding yeah. as yeah. well. So apparently the suspect says, "Kill me" in the video, mm -hmm. and yeah, that's what he wanted. It uh, I haven't seen the transcript yet. I I listened to it, and this is completely unconfirmed. I thought I heard him say in the head at one point, but I I maybe misunderstood what he was saying. But it, it really does appear, and from the transcript that we do now know, that he was asking the police officer to shoot. The police officer just wasn't going to do it. Again, nine dead in this uh, van attack in Toronto today. There is video that shows the arrest of the suspect. There are 16 others who are still in hospital. We know at one hospital at Sunnybrook, there are... Ten being treated there, five remain in critical condition, three are in serious. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.